0: good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to building your business right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is, I'm going to try this, Brendan Kumara Sami. I hope I did that justice, but we're going to know him as Brendan, the mastering talk master. So, you know, mastering your talk. What does that mean? Well, it is very much about what we speak is what people hear and how they react to us. So, how can we speak in a way that people will want to listen and that will actually have an impact? He has a YouTube channel that he started uh, helping the world master the art of public speaking and communication. And we need some better communication out there at the present moment. He coaches uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. Despite all the presentations um, he's given over his life, he still remembers to this day how scared he was to post his first YouTube video. And now he's a master at it. The mastering the talk, that is something I think people need to be a little bit more mindful of. There's a lot of talk out there without any mastering behind it whatsoever. And really, if we want to have an impact on people, if we want people to listen, we really need to be mindful on how we present. And it is an art, isn't it? It isn't just something you just get up and do. There really is an art to it, but there's also a great deal of heart, soul, and instinct to it as well. Welcome to the show, Brandon.
1: Thanks for having me on, sir. It's great to be here.
0: I was very impressed when I uh, listened to one of your YouTubes. And for a young man, you're very articulate. You're speaking um, very, very uh, prominent to the times and also very much um, poignant. That's what I was trying to say. But it's also common sense which I think is something that's missing at the present moment. You know, a lot of people think that public speaking is a great deal of highfalutin words and, and big kind of crescendos, but it's really speaking from the heart, isn't it? But engaging the mind as well.
1: Wow. No, you're, you're saying it much better than I would, but I definitely (laughs) agree. It's, it's the ability that allows you to scale your ideas that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, what I always tell people is if you want to impact 10 people, you probably don't need public speaking, but if you want to impact hundreds, thousands, or even millions, then public speaking becomes a requirement that you need to get through so you can achieve what you want and share the ideas that you want to share.
0: Yes. And to understand that even on a YouTube, you could be speaking to one or millions. So, you know, speak as if you are speaking to the millions. And I've had a lot of people who are public speakers. And a, a lot of it has become that they've lost the art of conversation, because the there's, there's stages, they're up on the stage and they're busy speaking to people. But they're not speaking with people. So there are kind of two folds to it. It's like if you're on television or on the movies, you're going to use your voice in a different way than you are going to use it in radio. And so there is an art too, if you're doing something up on a stage or whether you're doing it on a YouTube and how you use your tonage and how you use your pauses, because it has a different impact, doesn't it?
1: No, absolutely. Depending on where you speak and how you speak it, there's definitely different ways of approaching it. But what I always recommend as a general rule of thumb is by having conversation with your audience and not just thinking about them. It allows you to mold the better message to achieve the outcomes that you seek to make. And I can give you an example from my own industry. A lot of speech coaches for some reason like to compare public speaking to death. Did you know that after death, public speaking is the thing that people fear the most? (laughs) If we just step back and ask ourselves, what is the best way to inspire them to take Mm. a leap, to take a chance? Well, the last thing you want to do is compare it to death. (laughs) That's
0: a a, one way of looking at it. That's one way of closing the subject down. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you said something that really hits my heart, and it's something that I would say that we do here on Self Discovery Media is inspire to invite. When you are inspired by someone by what they're saying, where it comes from their conviction, it comes from their heart, they really are truly wanting to impart this knowledge with passion to you. You really are invited not only to listen, but to pay attention and even to apply. So it is in the inspiration, isn't it?
1: No, absolutely. It's it's how do you craft your message in a way that you believe will maximize the impact of your ideas? Because most people, when they have an idea, they don't spend enough time asking the people that the idea is supposed to help for input and how to change the messaging. Mm. So for instance, when I used to start presenting, I used to talk a lot about my accolades, my accomplishments, my client list, mm. and that didn't serve anybody. No. But when I started asking my, my audience, they just said, well, you know, you're a really good speaker, but like, I'll never be you. And then I'd always reply like, but what do you mean? Why can't you? That's mm-hmm. the whole, because, because I wouldn't talk vulnerably enough about my own insecurities yes. as a speaker. Yes.
0: Yes. You weren't invitational. Right. And that's the point. You want people to look at you and go, well, I can do that. You want to instill into them that could I do that? Even asking that question. Um, I'm, fine speaking here it's different when i'm up on a stage you know because suddenly you've got everybody in front of you but my format i prefer to have is interaction so you've also got to know your style i love asking a question and having or having an audience reflect back or ask me a question it's it's you know for me that intimacy is something that i like and i think that's something you also have to discover when you're in public speaking what kind of arena are you comfortable in? What kind of format are you comfortable in? Because then if you're comfortable, you're going to make them comfortable.
1: Mm, No, I love that. And and understanding format and how you present is definitely important. So I would say the first thing people need to understand is how do we craft and practice public speaking in the right way so that our confidence as a speaker skyrockets and then we can pick the right format that works for us. Mm -hmm. So for me, I started presenting in public because that's what I like to do. Smaller groups and then after the groups became bigger. But when it came to camera, I wasn't really good at it. I was terrible, in fact. But it was because of the impact that I could make through camera, speaking in podcasts, sharing messages with a lot more people that pushed me to master the format, even if I wasn't very good at it.
0: Step out of your comfort zone, right? I mean, give it a try. You don't know. You know, it's it's like your vegetables. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Well, you know, try having them cooked in a different way with different food. And you'll probably find, oh, they're actually really tasty this way. So, you know, don't reject everything just because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Push the envelope. But you'll also know when it pushes back on you and says, no, that's not for you. This is. But until you're willing to try, how are you going to know what fits?
1: Absolutely. No, I'm I'm totally with you there in the sense that as you figure out something that adds value to other people, that solves a problem for somebody else, that excites you to keep mastering public speaking, then your confidence will go up. It'll be a lot more interesting for you to practice Mm -hmm. rather than sitting at home and pronouncing words that you don't frankly care about. (laughs) And that way, slowly over time, you get better. And you're a good example of this. I'm sure when you started the podcast, mm-hmm. you said, oh, what is this? I got to like talk to people I don't know. <laughs> and After 50 episodes, you're like, of course, I know, Brenda. This is a
0: great time. <laughs> I think actually if you treat everything as, as if you would meeting over a cup of coffee, glass of wine, <laughs> a table of food, and just be really interested in what somebody has to say and, and open up those channels of energy because it is an energy exchange, you know, then it's uh, its not the intimidating of—is there going to be some of to listeners? Is there millions listening to this? Let that go. Just have the conversation with your audience, be it one or be it many. But be intimate. Be vulnerable. Be in- invitational.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. I completely agree with you
0: it's you know a lot of people i've had a lot of what i call virgin podcasters on here they've never done a show before and and for five years i only did audio before i went to video and i would have a a pre-talk with them as i I generally do and they'll be all open and everything else and then it get to be like you know camera action freeze (laughs) and you know yeah it's a conversation you talk to them so you wait for them to kind of join in, yes no <laughs> it's like you know, i'm fishing now I'm, I'm fishing here i'm asking a little longer sentences right. and then they kind of get caught up into the conversation and they forget that you know they're on air and then end up saying gosh i, I never never told anybody that before how come i revealed it here and it's making people feel comfortable isn't it because mm. your topic may not always be comfortable
1: no, absolutely. And I and I think what you mentioned there was very key to the sense that when when we give a presentation normally versus when the spotlight is there, <laughs> we, we have a different impression about how that presentation goes. Even if the objective for both conversations is the same, yeah. which is just to add value to people. And if we can say, keep that focus alive, it'll be much more easier for us to bring it back and say, I'm scared right now. This is recorded, yes. but... How is this going to serve other people? And that's how you can, uh, yeah. can de-risk that. One
0: of the things I'm absolutely loving right now during the COVID time is that everybody is online, all the talk show hosts, and uh, they're doing things through zoom like we are and everybody's just kind of wearing casual clothes in in their own homes and instead of this three second spot that they've got you know in the studio where everybody's like and off they go and there's no realism we're getting people relaxed laughing really getting into topic and i think what people people are going to find it hard to go back to the other way because it feels so sterile when now we've got used to people really opening up and having a conversation have you found now in the way that presentations even are done are changing
1: absolutely i definitely find there's there's been a shift so one example back to talk show host that i can help people kind of tie the knot with is when you're an in-person presentation let's say you say a joke you can know immediately if if it's funny or not you know let's say we're sitting in Mm. the same room i'm presenting so you're either going to laugh and say hey brendan's a pretty funny guy or you say Man, Brennan doesn't know how to tell a joke. This guy's not <laughs> funny. You really, but either way, I can gauge the reaction. Yes. But in an online presentation, the challenge is when you say that very same joke, you need to assume it's funny. Because
0: yes. you know how right. to, to react. To it.
1: So that's where the challenge comes from.
0: Yeah. And also, even to laugh at yourself. You know, that sounded funnier in my head you know, because people don't laugh at the joke, they'll laugh at the fact <laughs> that you thought it was funny, right? right. So it, it's it's don't be afraid to kind of call yourself out or, or, or you know, people say, do you edit all of this? And only edit if there's a kind of a real blurb or a breakdown or shutdown. Otherwise, we own it. We own it because this is real life. Things are going to drop. You know, if, if anybody knows anything about retrograde, anytime you are doing anything with machinery, computers or anything else, retrograde is going to interfere with it. And the amount of times you can be in the middle of a show, especially on YouTube, and somebody starts going, e- e- o- a- a- e- e- you're right? So I'll cut out as much as I can. Sometimes I just talk over it until they're back. And the thing is, go with the flow. Don't get paralyzed because something's happened.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, once again, we're always on the same page. So I think one one way of thinking about this is, let's say when the fear of public speaking or of being on a podcast or being a guest or anything comes up, you should always say, what is more important the fear that I currently have or the message that I have to share? Right. And if the message yeah. is greater than the fear, you'll always win because the best speakers in the world, including me, we're always scared of public speaking. Right. I stink a lot of the times, but the mm-hmm. difference is that the fear is always outweighed by the message. The message always wins. What I need to do for the audience, how I need to serve them, always wins. So the fear always gets dissipated.
0: And when you step into your heart, you know, and you step into that that passion of what you want to reveal, people feel it. You know, they don't want to just hear it. There's a lot of people that are just talkers, regular politicians. A lot of people are just talkers. We we want to feel the connection. We want to feel the connection that you have with what you're sharing. Now we're invested in you because you've connected with us, you've ignited something in with us, you've switched something on, oh, I hear you, I relate to that, I want to listen more, rather than grandstanding. There's a lot of people that are just grandstanders, they're so used to doing their spiel, that it's just automatic and it could be an Android doing it. You don't wanna get there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, it's, it's this whole idea of figuring out what is the best way to say what my audience wants yeah. and needs to hear and that can understand. So an example is using analogies. So sure, you can talk about all of these complex technical jargons around public speaking and glossophobia and mixing <laughs> people up. Or you could just say, hey folks, public speaking is like a jigsaw puzzle. Which puzzle pieces do you start with first? And everyone's gonna say, well, the edges. I'm saying exactly. Public speaking, a lot of people like to shove a bunch of content, and then they get to their last slide, and they go, oh, well, it's my last slide, so thank you very much. Or you can think more intentionally about how you start and how you end. So that's same content, but way more easier for people to visualize.
0: Yeah. You know, there's also the difference with people who are reading what you know, they've read. You know, they've written it out, and they're reading it. Um, or teleprompters or whatever, but most of the time it's people have read something and they're busy reading it. And that means you're engaged with the paper. You're not engaged with your audience. Mm. And so, you know, for me, whenever I did public speaking, I had to do something where I had to kind of stick to the notes. I do a big font so I didn't have to wear glasses for a start. (laughs) But highlight the key things I want to address. Uh, Go to that, but then allow myself to speak about it in, in my knowingness, in my intuitiveness. Allow it to come out that way. Because if you're just reading, then you know you're, you've you lost people because you're having a relationship with the paper, you're not having a relationship with the other people. So I know you don't want people to know it word for word. There are some people that are very good for that. You know, actors, etc. they know the lines, they know how to deliver them. If you're not one of those people, remember the key ingredients. And then speak around that and let it come out naturally.
1: No, absolutely. And it creates this, this barrier mm. when we have those cue cards, when we have those pieces of paper between us and our audience. And by removing those barriers, it's much more easier for us to get closer to the people who want to be heard, who want to be seen, and who ultimately want to know that you're presenting to them and not for them. You
0: know, we, we revere people who are gifted speakers. They could be in an auditorium of thousands and thousands of people and you can have a pin drop because the way they're speaking and what they're speaking about, the tone that they're speaking in is capturing people. And some people truly do have the art of it. But I think one of the things that really is part of that art is remembering how and when to pause
1: right no i completely agree it's the biggest difference between great speakers and exceptional ones mm-hmm. and one trick that people can use that i like to recommend is what i call the endless gaze exercise where you essentially stare into people's eyes for 20 30 seconds without saying a word mm. and this is very uncomfortable for most people <laughs> yes. but trust me yeah you, <laughs> yeah you just stop looking but here's the benefit and not only does it work in public speaking Let's just say it helps you with other areas of life too. So mm-hmm. it's worth working on and learning from.
0: Yeah, I don't think people kind of pause too much. They, they want to get it over with and they rattle it off. And it's like, you know, every single thing in life is energy and is a rhythm. It, everything has a flow. And in the public speaking, like a record, you know, any song will start off slow, will have its crescendo and it will come back down again. You want to have that in whatever you're doing in a talk. Capture the people with something that's going to bring them in. You can bring them up to a greater height. You can hold them up there for a while. And then it's the winding them back down again. You don't want to leave them with a a high pitch unless your talk is about rallying people up. But then what you've got to be careful of is you don't want just people on a sugar high. Because the sugar high has a sugar crash and they won't remember a thing that you've said.
1: Mm, No, that's an interesting point about the sugar high, sugar crash. Yeah, and it's all about modulating the way that you speak based on how you want people to hear you. So, for example, this is called mirroring for for those who are listening. So when you're talking to someone who's very extroverted, who has a lot of energy like you, Sarah, you want to replicate by saying, Sarah, well, it's so great to be here. You know, I love it. But the opposite is also true. If I'm talking to Julia and Julia comes up to me and says, well, you know, Brenda, I'm really scared of public speaking. You know, it's not something that works for me. Well, instead of using high vocal tones and scaring right. the crap out of her, <laughs> I would say something like, "Hey, you know, Julie, I struggled a lot with public speaking. Too, how about we just do a couple of exercises and see where we go?" Mm-hmm. So that way you can mirror that the energy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's not the we, we are not a one size fits all in anything in life. We're all beautifully, imperfectly unique. And, you know, if the moment you start measuring yourself with somebody else or competing with someone else, um, you know, I've I've had it with here. The eight years I've been doing this, I've had people, why don't you do your show like so-and-so or like so-and-so? And And I said, because they're so-and-so. That's their niche. This is Sarah's show. And Sarah's going to do it Sarah's way. That's the only way so, I can do it. It's not for me to do it anywhere else. You can emulate someone in that. I would love to have the same impact that they have. I like their style, but don't mimic them because then you're still going to lose. People are going to know you're fake.
1: No, I love that. It's like, it's like my videos. Why do I always start with a quote? Oh, just because I want to. <laughs> it's
0: just, <laughs> exactly. It's
1: just, it's just fun, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And that, that is your thing. You start with a quote. It puts people in, in, in thought process and then you know off you go and so it's it's knowing what your style is right it's knowing how you are um and honoring that but you can always uh you know better yourself by you know pushing yourself but don't push yourself out of your envelope um you know and i think that's very very important that there are some people that are really really good interview is because of that making people feel at home and, and part of one and then there are other people that just make people feel like it's an inquisition right so <laughs> you don't want that you know people sweating yes exactly <laughs> um you're a young person to be to have found this path so uh, you know so fast in life. So I imagine that you were part of the debate team in school, and uh, probably push forward. Um, Brendan will say it. <laughs> Brendan will speak to it. Uh, was that you?
1: It's it's very similar. So <laughs> when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. Mm. So other guys my age were eating chicken wings and watching football games. I was eating the same chicken wings, but I was watching other people present business problems. Mm. And that was my life for three years. Presented hundreds of times, as you alluded to, coached a bunch of people, but I did it with business competitions.
0: Mm -hmm. I think what people don't realize in business is it doesn't matter how brilliant you are. Or, you know, how many BBAZA did ADAs, or anything else after your name, uh, or, or whether you're, you know, the most brilliant genius in the world. If you cannot articulate it, nobody's going to get what you're saying or, or, or even care. Um, there is somebody that I interviewed who owns a tech company, uh, but he helps tech people speak in layman. Because there's no point. I mean, if you're tech on tech, it's fine. But if you're wanting to sell tech, Or speak to people about tech you've got to use a language that they're going to understand it's not their language so one needs to know how to adjust your language to your audience don't you Mm,
1: no i completely agree especially as as someone who also coaches a lot of the tech people to to be non-technical i think the idea (laughs) is just how do you explain something in a way that impacts the number of lives that you want to impact so if your goal is just you know i just want to speak to other tech executives do my tech thing that's great. You do that. But if your goal is to impact a million people, well, guess what? So 80% of those million people don't know what you're talking about. Gobbledy so so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could be talking in ones and zeros. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything going on. But, but it also makes somebody feel an idiot. And now you've made somebody feel uncomfortable. So I think this is something that's very important in public speaking. You may be revered, you, you may be a master at it, but you never want to make people feel that they're less than. It's always about making people feel they can rise up to the same level.
1: Yeah, and I think an easy way for people to internalize this, depending on what ideas you want to share with the world, and it doesn't need to be like a, a YouTube channel or a podcast. Um, it could just be a cupcake recipe you want to share yeah. with three friends of yours. I think the easiest way to think about it is most speakers spend too much time thinking about their audience and not enough time talking to them. You're right. I get a lot of coffees, breakfasts, lunches, dinners many of the times with the people that I'm trying to help. So let's say I'm having dinner with Julia and we're eating pasta. I'm not talking. I'm asking her questions. Why do you think public speaking is something that's important to you? Where do you see the space going? How how can I best meet your, your needs and what you're looking for? And through those conversations, whether it's, you know, senior executive Julia to 10-year-old Rebecca, mm-hmm. I'm always able to understand what they actually need from me. So it helps me understand the impact of my message, but also how to communicate in a way that both of those people understand it.
0: It's adjusting your talk. How You know, it's, again, not a one-size-fits-all. It's not like you're on a spiel. Like most companies have a shtick. That, that everybody follows that, uh, that that you know that script, and that's what they say, and you can hear it. And it's, you know you're already asleep. Or put the phone down. You know, um, it's you know you have a bit, a particular the elevator speech, right? You have like 10 seconds. It used to be 30, but this isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Two seconds apparently is the attention span, and that is it, which is sad. But it's how do you engage people? But at the same time of engaging people, you've also got to know who you're talking to. Now I'm a true colors coach with the four key different personality traits. And you can ask a simple question and you'll know from their answer an indication of which personality trait they are. So I can't come across all about global love and spirituality to somebody who is, is the scientist and the analytical. I could speak more to the quantum of science Uh, not completely, but in a way how I mirror it to the spirituality. Now it's got, well, how does that work? We're now on a level where we can communicate with each other. And so you have to know who you're talking to and adjust it because otherwise you're just going to lose people altogether. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I find what you said works a lot better in smaller groups. So let's say yeah. you're, you're meeting three people or five people. Then you have that opportunity to, to gauge yes. each person's personality. But let's say you're speaking to 50 people. What you want to do with what you just mentioned is you want to find a, a, a communication approach that works with all four styles.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so everybody feels they're being spoken to or spoken with, you know, uh, and they feel that they're addressed because they can relate to it right? So, you know, you are the, the master speaker. So people look at you up that thing. Then you talk about, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm a tech. And so everybody think, oh, okay, well, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I don't all have to think Well, he's the master speaker. So therefore I have nothing in common. So it's making people feel that you're opening up those channels where they feel they fit.
1: Exactly. You got it.
0: Important. I think also, the content has changed quite a bit today to what we're speaking about, isn't it? Um, there used to be an awful lot of rah-rah in, in the way that people spoke. And, you know, people are just tired right now. Give me something inspirational. Give me something that, that opens up my eyes or that, you know, ignites my heart, gets me engaged. But don't come in with the rah-rah. I'm just too tired for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I would say the the idea is more about, to use Seth Godin's framework that I'm a big fan of, thinking about the change that you want to see in the world and who needs to change and is open to that change. That's when you can start the conversation. Yes. So for me, a lot of the people that I speak to could be really young kids. So that's why I'm very energetic in my videos. <laughs> they just Who's going to watch a communication video that isn't exciting because they don't want to watch that to begin with. But then when I'm speaking to the executive of a company, well, then maybe I can mix up positivity and put a nice suit on. So that's kind of like yeah. the mix in my videos between positivity and optimism for the kids. But also I look I look dapper, I guess, in the suits, so I guess it's how you mix <laughs> <up that. laughs>
0: Nothing you know, wrong with that at all. Yeah, oh, you, you know, know that there is that first impression. And uh, what is it? It is... Um, Oh, I've just forgotten the number. I know that um, 38% is your tone of voice, 7% is the content. The rest of the percentage is the way you present yourself. And whether you present yourself in jeans, a t-shirt or the Omani suit, is it you? Because your confidence of who you are should show more than what you're wearing. But at the same time, you wear something that is respectful, Uh, according to the situation that you're in. And then people will look at you and and, uh, immediately want to hear you because your tone's inviting and now they really want to know the content. But if they haven't bought you on the other level, it doesn't matter what you say, they're not going to hear you.
1: Right. And, And a good quote that I forgot who quoted is, no one cares what you say until, no one cares what you have to say until they know how much you care.
0: That is a very good one. And I think that's really a lot where we're at right now. And the people that are out there that are really making a difference in the lives of others are people who really do generally care. And, you know, sometimes it's a journey they've gone through themselves. An awful lot of people have come from the old paradigm, the old business sector, and they've just gone, I just don't want to be a part of that anymore. No one cares. It's all about bottom line. You know, I'm just another clog in the wheel. I want to be a part of something where we care. We care for our clientele, we care for the staff, we care for the planet. And that is, you know, the bottom line will be there if you show the caring first. And I think there's a real shift out there at the moment, isn't there?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. In the sense of communicating change to people who want to hear it so that they're more attracted to you, like the people who are listening to the show.
0: Exactly, exactly. It blows me away sometimes when you watch kids and how articulate they are and, you know, how confident they are. I mean, I don't know about you, but at 10, I, no way would I get up, <laughs> stand up and speak. And yet you're seeing kids, you know, uh, the youngest I've had is 10 who wrote a book, 365 Days of Gratitude with a Positive Attitude. And then I interviewed a 12-year-old who's a public speaker on veganism. And, and has wow. autism, and you know it just blows me away that the passion and the conviction is there, and they they may not have all the bells and whistles, but the passion that they have it just exudes out of them, and just totally embraces us, and their confidence is just wonderful.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to shine some light there as well, because I do coach a lot of seven-year-olds and 10-year-olds mm. and 12-year-olds. And the big difference between the kids that you had mentioned and the ones which is the vast majority of people, including me, of course, when I was <laughs> that age. Because I used to give presentations in French, which is a language I didn't even know in back in the day, so I was struggling a lot. But the big difference is the way that we perceive communication, public speaking. Because of the way that we grew up and most of our presentations while we're in high school or college, they're tied to result. It's a chore, it's a responsibility, yeah. it's an obligation. Whereas for the small group that you mentioned, passionate about veganism, you know, even Greta Thunberg, Thunberg yes, yes. Yeah, is a great example of that as well. But they view communication in the same way we do, which is an impact driver, a difference maker, a way to scale our ideas that matter. But if there's no idea that matters, <laughs>
0: yes, yes. <laughs> like history
1: class, well, then we're not incentivized <laughs> to practice it.
0: Right. So where's the incentive? And that's what we're really wanting, isn't it? I know life has to change. I know that I am invited to be a part of that change. The incentive is that I need to be a part of that change. But now it's like, how? How am I a part of that change? And um, So where's the invitation? And that invitation comes from being inspired by someone. Uh, and go I really love what they stand for I really you know that really moved me I want to be a part of this how that's really what you want from your audience isn't it
1: Mm, no I totally agree in that sense of once you figure out what that idea is even if you're just presenting it to two people yeah if one of them says hey Sarah that's a great idea thanks for sharing with this. I'm gonna listen to your podcast now then, she, then you're going to say, well, I want to present this to 10 people now or 100 people or 1,000 people. And then you start to practice on the right things and you see communication as an impact maker, yes. as a tool for change.
0: Which it is. It is, absolutely. I think we learn best from those who have taken the path before us. We learn best by those that are really committed to the passion, the conviction. We are inspired by that, invited by that. So whether it's somebody speaking to millions or speaking to one, we want to know that we are being spoken to. In the crowd, we want to know we're being insp- spoken to, that we're being invited because that's, what, what is what is public speaking? You're looking to connect. You're looking to connect with people. And once they've connected, you've now invited them to, to see it and hear it from your side and invite a conversation within themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as you open up the doors to those conversations and you start to see the impact of the message that you're bringing, it's much more easier for you to practice. It's, it's like a marathon. You know, If you want to run 40 miles or 40 kilometers, and you've already ran 60. It's going to be much easier for you to go, oh, it's just a marathon, who cares?
0: Yes, <laughs> that's why you look at certain marathons, oh, I'm just doing double, double marathon in the next so year, and go, what? Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: but again, the more you use something, the more it becomes, you know, first nature, right? It's, it's uh, the athletes that have always been an athlete, things come easy to them. So it's uh, the more you use it, the more you become it, uh, the easier it is to do. My mother was an actress, And she always had nerves, but she went onto the stage. And I said to her once, well, why are you nervous? You know you're good. You've been doing this for so long. Why are you nervous? And she said, the nerves are engaging me. They're setting me up. If I didn't have nerves, I would be complacent. Having the nerves is the anticipation of what kind of audience I have, because it's live, always a different audience, being able to read their energy and conduct my performance in a way that they will receive it. Because that's the thing about public speaking, right? You have no idea what the energy is in the crowd. And really what you want to be is the conductor of that energy.
1: Mm, no, it's very beautifully put. And, and as an add to that, I would say that if, there, if you are stressed, if you're nervous about a presentation, you're nervous about a performance, it probably means it's something worth giving. It probably yeah. means that you have an important message to share. So lean into that.
0: Take those breaths. Uh, when, when I do do a public speak, I actually have my audience with me take, stand up and do three very deep breaths. And then I, you know, then I have them kind of say hello to the people next to them, just out of courtesy. And I do that because I want to clear away the old energy. I want to have everybody in the same breath, relax, let go of what you came in with, let's be present. And I think some people have various techniques that they use and you know, some people, it's the music As somebody comes in, somebody maybe may have a, you know, um, a video up on the screen. It's like, what is your technique that's going to put people in the same energy field? Because when they're in the same energy field, they're now an audience you really can speak to.
1: Mm. No, for sure. And, and by having those, the right conversation with your audience member, you have a much better understanding of what type of energy levels, how they're feeling, who they are, and what they, do they aspire and dream about? And then you can tailor accordingly to, to make them dream and aspire to be like you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, know, you are kind of that instrument out there conducting yourself <laughs> and your audience who kind of becomes part of those instruments because you can feel the energy rising mm. or, or dropping. And if you're feeling that energy dropping, okay, I'm losing my audience. What do I need to do to bring them back? Don't panic. Don't run off the stage. It just means redirect yourself because you're losing them there. Maybe this is the time for the joke or, the, you know, uh, to raise the voice up a little bit, to shake them out of it into something else and redirect, you know, don't get stuck in, in the spiel and lose people. Mm.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And as, as you start to do the same presentation over and over again, because the best speakers, they work on one single presentation, they do hundreds of times. Yes. So as you go through those reactions, you can start to evaluate which part of my presentations is really landing and which parts do, are, are my audience saying, I don't really get what you're trying to do here.
0: I'm switched off. Yeah. And that's the last thing you want. <laughs> You know, again, because of COVID, you know, we're not meeting in the boardrooms. You know, we're not having those big rallies. We're not, you know, having those type of things. So, of course, Zoom has now become the boardroom. And other people on the Zoom is now the audience, however many it is. And you can't kind of bring the same kind of... um, suit energy to it right you know people want the more relaxed and so a lot of people are having to kind of change the way they're doing the presentation with the people you're working with right now for some people is that difficult
1: yeah absolutely for for many of them it is but what i always like to remind them is for sure online presentations are much harder than in person ones but we also need to see the opportunity Mm. and the opportunity is if you can present better online than you did in person before COVID hit, when you go back in person, you will dazzle people. Right, Like you'd be amazing. And I think the, the key here is by understanding the fall. Follow- if you can pull energy out of thin air, like we're doing in this conversation, there's nobody around us. Right. When we go back to our audiences where the people are there, the people are engaging, the people are smiling, the people are attentive, it's much easier to come to life.
0: Mm. and you know the thing is we've got to remember is that we are all energy you know we're particles of the universe everything is measured in energy and everything is measured in frequency and the more energy we pour out the more energy we're going to ignite and do not be turned off by this little square thing or phone how everybody is zooming um, energy is still passing through you are still energetically sharing with people so it's like oh you know i can't speak to people because there's nobody in front of me there's somebody in front of you and and it's connecting with their energy through this device and you can still connect beautifully with people's energy so uh, don't let that deter you it just is just it's all energy it doesn't matter which way it comes through it's all wavelength right
1: definitely one way of looking at it i like it very much
0: (laughs) Well, obviously, this is my medium. So, and I've actually found the people that, um, you know, that I've talked with over the years, the energy afterwards, it, it has a signature that it doesn't matter even if we haven't spoken in years, you know, we'll pick up on that energy again. And, and it's right there because, you know, the energy signature, you've got that and it's danced together. And you know the ones that, that you know you're ready to dance with again because that energy, just like a magnet, comes back. And then some energies, you know, okay, all right, you know, it wasn't the right dance, wasn't the right music, and that's okay. But a lot of people are saying, "But you know, I'm not out meeting people. I'm not out there. You know, my clientele is going to drop." No, be just as engaging here as you would be if you were face to face. You are face to face. You're just face to face from a machine. This is the way we're going, folks. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and and one easy strategy people can take here is by imagining as if you already know the other person. Yes. Before I always enter a Zoom call, especially on a podcast, I always assume that the person who's interviewing me is somebody I already know. Mm-hmm. Right. So versus, I wonder who the Sarah person is. <laughs> oh, you know she's gonna be scary. No, not at right? all. Ra- <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Or rather, which is ninety-nine point nine percent of the cases. If somebody's making a podcast and putting time and effort into something, yeah. they're probably a good person, right? So, so it's about acknowledging that and con- conversing with them as if we've already met in person.
0: Right. Exactly. And the one thing I would add too is suss out the person's podcast beforehand. I'm a whole network, but if somebody has just one podcast, suss it out. Is it a right fit for you? You can listen right. to a previous interview wholly or partly, and you're not, you know, you uh, know, no. It's not a fit. Don't just say yes for the sake of it, because now it's going to be awkward. All right. So, is this person going to represent your message and really the way you want to say it? Because you're on the same wavelength. So, there's a little due diligence. The same. Would you go and have a meeting with someone, uh, and you know, and just kind of do a presentation to people that weren't in sync with what your message is? No. So it's the same thing here.
1: That's powerful. I love that
0: we want to be in succinct with each other you know we want that synergy we are looking at connection more and more because our connection is being taken away from us physically at the moment so we're looking for that connection we're looking to make that impact we're looking to have a different format of communication and Public speaking is one where you, if you're doing it up on a stage or doing it like this, the impact you have is something you need to be really responsible for because you can have a very positive or a very negative impact. But what you want is a lasting positive one that people keep going back and referring to because of the of the changes that you offered or the solutions that you offered. Food for thought. It's always leaving people food for thought. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I I completely agree in the idea that if you're really able to deepen those conversations with the people that you're speaking to and understand them at a level that nobody else is willing to go, you'll Mm. be able to develop new insights that nobody in the industry has had. And the good example I mentioned earlier today was this whole idea of comparing death to public speaking. Mm. That doesn't make sense for people's learning, even if it might be true. So for me, mentioning that in a video, it doesn't really help people. So I avoid that type of conversation. Right,
0: But it's also to say to everyone, you know, like my first show, I was live with another network. I pressed all the wrong buttons. (laughs) And it was a Monty Python skit. Everything was going wrong. And then when I finally got it, planes were going over ahead, you know. And, it, and she said to me afterwards, do you want to continue? And I said, yes, it can only get better. And with live shows, you know, people can drop. The internet can drop. And you know, anything can happen. And, it, and I call it the soap opera training because in soap opera, they have to do things so fast. There isn't this long, you know, um, um, rehearsal time. It's kind of read through and get out and do it. It was a fantastic learning curve for me. And I think that's the thing, be willing to throw yourself in and have that learning curve. And don't worry if the mic drops in a different way to the way you want it to drop. You know, it's just pick it up, dust it off, make a joke and carry on.
1: yeah i love the analogy i i always compare that to improv Mm -hmm. because in improv we learned that you should always say yes to disaster because every scene is supposed to be disaster since you never pick it
0: Yeah. (laughs) it. (laughs) yeah and you know the thing is go with the flow if you sweat it if you sweat the small stuff um you've got to show people and this is the same in business if we're working with business people Business, you want it to be nice and smooth, but hey, it's business. It's not going to be nice and smooth. There's always going to be those hiccups, small and big, along the way. It's the same with public speaking. You know, think you're going to go out there and do that? Well, maybe the mic go off, the lights go off, somebody coughs, somebody's phone goes off, this and that. You've got to learn to go with the flow or you know, work with the moment, a little improv in there because... People are feeling uncomfortable by what's happening. It's up to you to put them at ease.
1: Exactly. And the way that I explain this to people is as speakers, we are mirrors in the Mm. sense that we project our own emotions onto our audiences. So it's up to us to decide how we want our audience to feel in any given moment, from the moment we walk in to the moment we leave the room.
0: Yes. And, you know, there's self-confidence and there's cockiness. Don't go in with the cocky it switches people off go in with the confidence because now they're ready with that aura to to hear you and i think also we we had you know for a long time it was if you were a young person you had nothing to say you know and it was all the the old people that were the speakers and now no you know we're listening to the 10 year olds the 17 year olds the people out there that are having the big impact so that stigma of age and thinking well what experience have you got in order to say, and no, the, the gift you were given was to do this and you've mastered it and you can continue to master it and you share it. And that's the beauty of it, no matter what the age is.
1: Yeah. And the, the way that I coach a lot of 16 year olds on this mm. and a lot of the people I work with is this idea of showing, not telling. Mm. Don't, don't tell people you're a speech coach. Don't tell people you're a relationship coach. Show them. Yeah. Say, hey, this is a video. This is what I made. Do you think I'm competent? They watch the video and they go, yeah. So then it doesn't matter if you're 10 or 16 or 70, yes. 10 or 70, yes. 10. <laughs> 70 700.
0: it 710, really which sometimes I yeah. feel like. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing nowadays is that we're not, you know, we're breaking down those boundaries of age and brackets. Um, it's life experience. And some people have experience very young. And they run with it and they're going to continue to have more. And then you've got people in my age bracket where we've had a lot of life experience that we bring to the table and all of it is relevant according to whatever the situation is. So it's, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Be willing and open and ready to listen because as an audience, you're just as responsible for your actions out there as it is for the person delivering the talk.
1: Mm, No, absolutely. And then through that, through that ability for you to look past the book cover and into what yeah. your audience is actually feeling and saying to you unconsciously or subconsciously, I mean, you'll be able to look into them and say, oh, this is what you want to hear. So here's what I have to say.
0: Yeah. And you know, I'm going to hit on veganism for a moment where a lot of vegan people would put people down. You're an animal killer. You're this, you're that. And it would turn people off. You know, And now I've done many, many shows on veganism where they have shared how, it's changed their lives, morally, physically, emotionally. And so now people are going, oh, okay, all right, there is something to this. Their lives are changed. They feel better. Their health is better. This is better. That is better. So I'm more open to to investigating this and not just shutting it down. So we don't want preachers, right? We don't want preachers. We want people that you may have something that you're very passionate about, like Greta with the environment, but we don't want to put people down and make them feel small. We want to lift them up and feel they want to be a part of it.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. And if you can speak in a way that invites them. And, I, and I, I'll give an example as well. The nonprofit organization Charity Water, I find it's done very well with that. Because the way that the CEO kind of thought about charities was most people use guilt yes. to shame people into giving, whereas yeah. the way he thinks about his brand with charity water is why don't we just invite them to a party? You know, mm-hmm. we're all doing something really important. This crit, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting. Do you want to join us? It's yeah. a lot more hope and inspiration. And that shows the success that they've had with the organization as well. Perfect.
0: Invite people to be a part of it. You know, we, we've, we've lived for so long now, centuries, With, you know, shame and blame and condemnation and persecution and everything else. We're tired of it. As a human race, we are tired of it. We want to be a part of the solution. We want to be a difference maker. But, you know, how do we make a difference in our own lives? And we do that when other people inspire us. And then then we take that inspiration and we apply it to ourselves and we see how we change and now we wanna go out and share it. And that's where we're at right now. We're not pointing fingers. Remember, there's three pointing back at you. It's like, you did what? It worked for you, I've gotta give this a try. That's what we want. We want solutions.
1: Right, and by finding the right solutions, you can see the impact that you're making in the world. It'll incentivize you to focus more on that instead of just the problems. Mm.
0: I don't think people really understand the impact of public speaking and, and actually whether you're a professional public speaker or whether you're just out there at your knitting group, sharing an idea, you know, it's, it's all about sharing the passion or, you know, sharing a solution or or just sharing a point of view. And there's a, there is an art to it. And it doesn't matter whether you want to get up and speak to one or thousands it's good to learn an approach and how to do it in a way that is invitational.
1: Right. And, and I love the way that you phrased that so beautifully, actually, in the same way that, you know, public speaking is not this thing where you speak to 10 million people. Mm. It's the knitting club that you're passionate yeah. about. It's the book club where you want to yeah. explain a thought or idea. And that's how you build from it
0: right and you never know where it's going to go you might just stay in the knitting group or you know you might end up on on the board at the school or this or that you know it's allow allow right you may find discover something and you've got a voice that people want to hear but you're not going to know until you kind of step up so I Mm -hmm. think everybody can learn a technique and I absolutely love the fact that you're working with kids because our kids have got a lot to say and there's an incredible amount of common sense in them and articulation in them. But if they're young and, and the presentation of it, you know, it's good for them to be confident. They've got something to say, but guiding them in a way to speak to us adults who think they know it all. And why should I listen to a child? You know, having that child um, feel confident enough that I want to listen to them in their presentation, I think is wonderful.
1: Mm, then I appreciate you saying that. Thank you.
0: There's a guy I interviewed that actually makes entrepreneurs out of children. Whether it's a lemonade stand or another idea, his wow. youngest has been four, right? And it's teaching them to feel confident in their ideas, in seeing the possibilities. And that's what you're doing. You're giving people confidence in their voice that they do have something to say. Again, for eons and thousands of years, children should be seen and not heard. Right? They don't have a voice until they're an adult. And then they get to an adult and they're meant to know it all. Right. If we listen to the children now, we can answer those questions. We can stimulate their ideas. We can ignite that creativity. They are our future leaders. Let's invest in them now.
1: Right. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're at that stage in life of transition. Had last the you know the disruption is happening. It's like universe is here to shake us up, to wake us up, to step up and change it up. And we're at that stage at the present moment that there's an earthquake going of change right now. So what are we gonna to do to step up? Because we all have a voice. We all need to use that voice. I mean, you, we need to use it in actionism, not just as a voice that's going empty, but a voice that allows action to be taken. So whether you want to speak to a crowd or you just want to speak to your community, or you want to speak to your family, it's good to learn some techniques and how to speak in a way that is invitational and not judgmental we're we're so over that we don't want that
1: especially in the times that we're currently living right I think reassurance is so important if you're communicating that even just to five people you're definitely making a difference so keep doing that
0: and if we don't measure the distance to whether you know it's big or small um, every drop in the ocean counts and if you, you know, if, if you've made one person smile today or if you've helped one person redirect today, if you've done one kind act today, that has a ripple effect. And so it's just keep feeding that, keep feeding that and you'll see the difference. So don't be afraid to speak out. That's the importance. And people can watch your videos because you give so many lovely tutorials on your videos. And, you know, maybe they're just going to go and have a a a talk at the knitting circle and they just want to know how an idea they want to put forward. They can watch your videos. Yeah. And, and learn something and gain some confidence. Right?
1: No, I appreciate you saying that. And you're absolutely right. You know, these videos for anybody who wants to make a change, whether you're the, the person in a knitting club to the person in a book club to, to a professional speaker who wants to share with millions.
0: A few politicians I think maybe need a lesson mm-hmm. <laughs> in redirecting their talk. Um, Again, we're looking at the old paradigm and we're going, we just don't want that anymore. We don't want the mudslinging. We don't want the finger pointing. We don't want the, the, the crucification of another. We want to know what's the solution. The world is in a mess. What are you going to do to rectify it? Don't bring up Hillary's bloody emails anymore. <laughs> if that's all you've got to say, we're switching off,
1: right? one way of looking at it for sure
0: (laughs) because we're tired of of that old i think everybody's tired of the old way we know it's not worked we need to embrace a new way and one of the things that we need to do is learn how to communicate not just the frustration but how we would like to be part of the solution or what ideas that we have that could be a solution and so this is an invitation for everyone to find their voice everyone to speak out big or small and if you're worried about how you can do it then your tutorial that you do can give them that and you work one-on-one with people too don't you
1: yeah absolutely and i do group coaching as well but i think the message for today's show is if you're someone who's afraid of public speaking if you're someone who sees it as a chore but wants to see it more as an impact driver go watch the free videos go learn Mm. and you know and grow from mentors like sarah and feel inspired to to share a message because i'm 100 percent sure it matters
0: Oh, yes, it does matter. And the way you present it matters even more because it's either going to shut the doors or it's going to open them. So if you've got an idea that you want to put across, big or small, and you don't know how to do it, then most certainly go and watch the the YouTubes. And if you want to take it even further because you did that talk and it worked, but now you've got a bigger audience, reach out to you and, and see where else you can go with it. Absolutely. So how did they get hold of you? And yeah, of how do they find these YouTubes?
1: <laughs> of course. So I'm not famous or anything. So if you have any questions, don't be sure to just message me on Instagram, Matt Master Your Talk. Or you can just send me a direct message on LinkedIn as well, which is just my name, Brendan Kumarasamy. Can you do spell you wanna... your name, please? Left yeah, yeah it is. That's, <laughs> that's why, you know, Instagram is always easier. But <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't call my YouTube channel my name. But my name is spelled B R E N D E N, and Kumarasamy is K U M A R. R-A-S-A-M-Y. If you want to check out my YouTube videos, which is a lot easier to find, that would be master talk in one word.
0: Right. We all need help with that. I I don't care if you've been a consummate talker for a long time. You know, the way we've presented in the past needs to change. Uh, we, We need to engage people in a different energy, in a different frequency, in a different vibration. And, you know, learning some techniques. Don't just rest on your laurels. There's always another way to present something. And it doesn't mean completely changing yours, but it may be main, you know, integrating a different style or a different verbiage into something, but be willing to change and be willing to grow. That's what it's all about. Young or old, everybody's voice needs to be heard if they have something that they want to contribute or they have questions they need to ask on how we can collectively make this a better world. Mm,
1: beautifully put completely agree it's all about sharing ideas to the world and and if you have a message that matters which is probably the case then don't be afraid to share it because i'm sure there's one person out there who
0: wants to hear it yeah yeah and we can all be a master of our talk can't we absolutely that's the whole idea it's not about one person as master lording over others it's making masters out of everybody Mm. right
1: right yeah
0: yeah (laughs) I'm um, glad that we connected um, I was as I said very impressed with your with your videos and I do encourage people to go and read the, uh, to watch them whether you are a, a seasoned speaker or, or a beginner you know it, it's it's always got to fine-tune your instrument and uh, especially if you've got young people I'm so glad that you do that with the young people they have a lot to say they see things in a different way to us and the more that they can learn to articulate that and get our attention the better plus the fact there are future leaders our, you know, our futures in their hands. So let's give them all the confidence and knowledge and, and skills they need now, not later. Otherwise we're only undoing things. Let's give it to them right the first time round, instead of having to go in and delete old patterns, right? Create the right pattern now. So thank you so much for sharing um, and uh, for following your path.
1: Of course, sir. Thanks for having me on.
0: So master talk, on YouTube, Master Talk um, on Instagram, and his name Brendan Kumari. Blah, 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 blah. You just need to go Master Talk on, on, on LinkedIn. Change it. <laughs> um, but this is this is the time to get engaged. This is the time to kind of try it out and see for yourself. So thanks so much, Brendan.
1: Of course, my pleasure.
0: Until next time, folks, remember you are the solution that we all seek. So step into it in which any way that you can and find your voice. Until next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life.